All right, another edition of Anabolic Academy with uh, John Libby on serious and silliness of bodybuilding on YouTube and also on Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcast. And anyway, you can find me. So I got a few questions. I got actually some pretty good questions. Uh, the first question that I'm actually going to answer is actually a girl at the gym asked me a question today. And I thought it was a, it's, it's, it's a very general question, a very beginner question, but um, I'm going to actually answer it here. I talked to her in the gym, obviously, but I was driving home and I was like, oh, that's actually a pretty good question. So, you know, she has trouble with her midsection. You know, she's got a little body fat on her belly and she asked me how to get rid of it. And, you know, I had to actually tell her that, you know, there's no such thing as spot reducing. You can't spot reduce. You know, when you lose body fat, you lose all over your body. And I said, so the only thing you really have to do is you've got to diet and cardio. Um, but since she was like a beginner, I actually told her, just clean up your diet. You don't have to starve yourself. Just make smart food choices. You know, we all know what smart food choices are for the most part. If you have to do a little bit of research, you could do a little bit of research. But, you know, you know, your meals, you want to have them to be clean. Right. Maybe, uh, you know, in the morning, eggs, oatmeal, right. A protein shake or oatmeal because you're on the go like me, you know, you know, chicken, fish, brown rice. I would stay away from white rice or white potatoes, do brown rice, oatmeal, sweet potatoes, things like that. Make sure you have your greens, you know, your, your fats, you know, if you could do, uh, if you have greens, you pour some macadamia nut oil on it. I know, uh, Dave Palumbo sells one. That's really good species nutrition, or you could do uh, nuts or different types of nuts or almond butter or cashew butter. And, you know, you just clean it up and you'd be surprised for a beginner who has some body fat. You'd be surprised how fast it comes off. And, and when you do cardio, make sure you do it one of two times. You do it in the morning on an empty stomach as soon as you get up, or you do it right after an intense workout because you want to, you don't want to be working on the calories that you've taken in all day. So you want to dip right into the fat deposit. So if you do an intense, you know, weight training workout, you know, odds are you're going to burn off the calories that you've taken in during the day. And then you want to, then when you continue to do the, the cardio after you'll, you know, dip right into the fat deposit. And obviously in the morning is the same thing. You're waking up, you don't have any food in you. You're just doing cardio. You're dipping right into the fat deposit. It's not, you're not burning any calories from, you know, the day before or the night before or anything like that. So that was a question. My and her name is Brittany, and she's actually really, really nice. So I wanted to ask that question. So let's get to some questions. Let's see. Justin Walker one sixty on Instagram. What do you think of Julia uh, Witzel as an athlete, and where do you see her placing at the Miss O this year? So uh, I honestly did not know who she was. I had to look her up, and I realized that she came in second at New York. She actually looked really good, but she ran into Natalie. Um, Natalie, I forget her last name. I'm going to butcher it if I try. Um, she looked good. I think she could probably break the top 10 or the top 12. I don't think she's going to break the top six, uh, but she looks like a, a good bodybuilder. If you look at her Instagram, she's made a lot of progress. When you see like from photos of years ago when she used to be really thin, and now she has a, she has a tremendous bodybuilding physique for a woman. Absolutely. I mean, she looked phenomenal. But I think, you know, I think she, I don't know how old she is, I didn't look it up, but uh, she looks like she can be tough competition in the future. I think she might be able to break the top 10 in um, in this Olympia. All right. Next question from Fran is the man. If men's physique and classic physique was around when you competed, would you have done it? Well, um, 
men's physique was around. I would never have done men's physique. Classic physique wasn't around when I competed. I definitely would have done classic physique. My body would be more suited for classic physique. I, 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 my biggest problem was my size. I was never a huge bodybuilder. And I knew that if I went to the nationals or any national level show and going into the open, I would get my ass handed to me because I just didn't have the size. I mean, when you see these guys, I've told the story a thousand times. After my last show in 2014, I did uh, the Brooklyn Grand Prix. And I won. I won the Masters, and I didn't do so good in the Open, but I won the Masters overall. So I could have done the Masters. Uh, what's the one in Teaneck, New Jersey? I forget. The National Level Show. Whatever. Or I could have done the Masters, Nationals, whatever. So I went to the National Level Show in Teaneck. I forget the name of it. And they just had it, right? Yeah, didn't they just have it? A couple of weeks ago? Yeah, they do. They have it like in the first week of July or the last week of June every year. And Team Universe. Sorry, it's Team Universe. And I remember going and just seeing what a winner of a national level bodybuilder would look like. So I went and I don't remember what year it was. I'm assuming it's 2013, 2014. I don't remember. And that was the year John Meadows won and got his pro card. And I remember going home and telling my wife that I'm never going to look like that. Like there's nothing I could do to look like John Meadows. He was phenomenal. You know, that's what a pro looked like. So I remember saying to myself, I'm wasting my time here. You know, it's, you, you got to come into some realization sooner or later, right? You got to realize that, you know, you're in your thirties it, it's it's costly, it's time consuming, putting everyone at bay because of this hobby and or dream that you're hoping for. But you have to be real about it, right? And I was real about it. I was not 250 pounds, 260 pounds on my off season. I, I was not, you know, 220 on stage. It, that, that wasn't me. I mean, the last show I did, I think I weighed in at one, 181. I was a light heavyweight. I'm pretty sure I was 181. You know, when I'm five, eight, that's not big. I mean, I was conditioned and I had nice flow, but it's not big. But yes, if classic physique was around when I did it, then yeah, I would have done classic physique. Definitely. I probably would have done a lot better on a national level uh, in classic physique. But I see this a lot. I see a lot of like guys that are in their 30s or, you know, and they're, they're putting everything at bay and or even girls, you know, and they're competing and it's just kind of on a, on a paradoxical treadmill, you know, they're going nowhere fast. It's just, and, and, and sooner or later, you got to say to yourself, because let's say, I mean, listen, it's a great hobby. If you, I mean, do what you want, but if it's costing a lot of money, which it does, it costs a lot of money. And you're putting your girlfriend at bay or your wife at bay or your kids or your family, you can't eat what everybody else eats. You're not enjoying yourself. Maybe you're putting, making a living on the side or, 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 where you can't concentrate at work. I mean, it's just not worth it. You know, it's just, it's just not worth it to me. Uh, I think sometimes you got to be real, you know, and that's what I, that's what happened to me. I was competing in NPC shows. I was winning masters. I, the best I did in open was second and in NPC shows. <clears throat> so technically I was qualified to do a national open because you one and two, I believe at back then, I don't know if it still is. You can do, the um, the you know nationals or or whatever 
Nationals or the USA's or whatever, or Team Universe, or whatever. And I knew I would have get my ass kicked, you know, going on stage at 180. I would have got my ass kicked if I was 200, if I was 210, because now I'm in a heavyweight. So I'm at the light end of the heavyweights. You know, and these guys are big and they're shredded and they're hard and they're, and I just knew it. So I said, okay, you know what? We're done. And I just continued following the sport and following um, bodybuilding because it was always been a love of mine. And then I got to the point around 2020, I started the podcast. And then I had to January of 2023, I made an exclusive bodybuilding podcast and it fills this void of me bodybuilding. I, you know, I, I love talking about it and being on, on the mic and I'm definitely better on the mic than I am on stage. That's for sure. Anyway, what is the next question? The next question is, Oh, Fran is the man again. Okay. What's your favorite bodybuilding and non-bodybuilding podcasts you listen to besides your own? And well, obviously my favorite bodybuilding is mine, but I'm now, and I'm not listening to my podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, RX muscle, RX muscle, Dave Palumbo. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Dave's. The whole idea of Anabolic Academy came from his Ask Dave. I said, if you know, if I'm going to do a bodybuilding show, I'm going to do something similar to Ask Dave. Um, I've always admired him. He's been crazy intelligent. We were both from New York, so when he was, you know, a big name in the '90s, everybody knew who Dave Palumbo was. He would guest pose at all the shows. He was a monster, and he was intelligent. He was friendly, and he's helped me. He came on my show. I have an interview with him. You could scroll down. It's all the way at the. It's on this channel. I mean, um, when I left MD and I had that fallout, he got me on his show and we talked about what happened with MD. And he's always been a pretty good supporter, you know. So RX Muscle. And other than RX Muscle Desktop, Xavier's a good guy. I've had him on my old channel. Um, but uh, Xavier's a good guy. He basically does some good, really good content. He's a little boring. I mean, I'm not going to lie. He's fucking boring, right? He's just tells you what it is but whatever i mean you know that's my attitude is i'm not trying not to be boring i try to be stupid and funny and informative at the same time but no but seriously xavier on desktop is is actually a really good show <clears throat> if you just want you know bodybuilding news and of course next strength and power but first rx muscle is first non-bodybuilding valuetainment valuetainment is my favorite patrick but david that guy is just a business genius now he now valuetainment is one of the biggest po podcasts in the world one of the biggest youtube channels in the world and it's basically full of information that does a lot of politics a little news he started off interviewing um you know mafia former mafia guys a few years ago when it was, that was really hot and now he has established himself where he has his own crew and they talk politics they talk finance they talk what's happening in the country and it's basically non-biased you know that and let me rephrase that. They tell it like it is, right? So the crazy stuff that's going on and, you know, with the trans stuff and the LGBT and the woke stuff, they 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 tell it like it is. Um, and they, they talk about all that. And he has great guests on. I know he had Rudy Giuliani on. And then he has, he actually has other shows on Valuetainment. So his show is PD, PTD, right? Patrick Ben David, PBD, sorry, Patrick Ben David. And then he has uh, uh, people that work for him to have their own shows on there. And <clears throat> excuse me. And what's even better about him is he came from Iran with his family um, when he was a kid. So he was, you know, working class. He had joined the military. 
after high school. And then after the military, I believe he started some kind of insurance company and became very successful in insurance. And then he started uh, Patrick uh, and David value taming, you know, and the guy is worth a ton of money. And uh, somebody asked me one time, who are the two people that I would love to interview if I could interview anybody? And obviously on my outcast channel, the other channel I have, it would be him. Patrick and David and Mike Tyson, those two. If I can get those two on, then I could like shut it down. There's nothing for me after to do that after that. <laughs> on here, Phil Heath. If I can get Phil Heath on here, that I've gotten Jay Cutler, I've had Linda Murray, I've had um, uh, other greats. If, if I can get Phil Heath to come on here for an interview, that would be like blown away. He was one of my favorites. Anyway. Let's see. So that's it. Value Tainment. Great. If you don't watch it, you really should. It's a fantastic show. All right. Next question. The Rican Rhino. Oh, he did. He was on uh, one show with me. Actually, he did an anabolic academy. Why are pros so entitled now? They don't want to be at Boots. Uh, so like Jay and Phil and Ronnie used to be for sponsors. You know what? You, you, you happen to be right. I don't know about the Boots so much, but the list for the Vancouver came out today. The Vancouver Pro. And I was looking at the list and I said, how is this possible? There was one. This is the open in Vancouver. But one, two, three, four, five, six competitors in the Vancouver Pro in the open. I don't know. I don't understand what these guys are trying to do. There's no more point system. Forget it. But And then on here... There is Hassan Mustafa. So you got to pick him to win because there's nobody else. I mean, Nathan Spear. I mean, he's a good bodybuilder, but, you know, he's a friend and he's used to be on my show, but he's not going to be able to beat Hassan Mustafa. And Stanimal. Stanimal came in third behind Hassan in um, Orlando. And the other three I never heard of. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's probably one, two, and three. I I, I don't understand what these what these guys are doing. Now, getting back to... I don't know why they're not competing. I have no idea. Getting back to the other question. I mean, anytime I've gone to a show. Okay. All right. Let me be honest. When I went to Olympia, there's a lot of long lines. If you want to meet Jay Cutler or so on and so forth. Right. Well, it's mostly YouTube guys and Instagram guys and blah, 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 which annoys the hell out of me because I'm there to meet bodybuilders that have accomplished something, but whatever. I did I did go to the New York Pro and it was, was one guy that I really wanted to meet and that was Fuad Abiyad. And I'm not I'm not sure if it just maybe he was busy, maybe he had a bad day. I don't know. I don't want to talk ill about the man, but it put a bad taste in my mouth because I tried meeting him in the morning and I tried meeting him, I tried meeting him pre-judging, and I tried meeting him in the evening at finals. And it wasn't like there was a long line. It was maybe four or five people. And I wasn't able to. And I was like standing there for like 20 minutes, a half hour. After a while of standing there, you feel stupid. You feel like a creep. You feel dumb. It's, you know, and he was at both times and the, on the prejudging and the night show, he was continued to talk to one person when there were people waiting to meet him. Um, now, I look, I don't know if that's the way he is. I have no idea. It did put a bad taste in my mouth, but I'm trying to be, you know, uh, have an open mind. I have no idea. I know that sometimes these guys are busy. 
you know, he's a big, big star in the in the industry, and he has a big uh, podcast and a huge supplement line. So maybe he was busy, maybe he had a bad day, maybe he wasn't paying attention. I don't know, right? But here's my answer, and I'm not going to hold back as to why. My opinion is that this is the the bodybuilders that are now in their prime. This is the millennial and Gen Z generation, all grown up. And they are very entitled generation. This is the everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a pat on the back. You never did anything wrong. Um, you know, your father never disciplined you. You know, single mother kind of deal. And this is the, this is the outcome. And the outcome is they're they're very entitled, and um, they they probably don't realize that without the fans they wouldn't be where they are. Now that being said, I've had several guys on my channel that are fantastic, and they're in that age range. Ryan Foster, had beef stew. I've had uh, who else in that age range? I mean. You know, the list goes on and on. You know, I've had, who else have I had? I had a bunch of guys. I don't remember exactly. So there are the people, there are guys that understand. And, they- but there are people that are entitled. They were in- and listen, they come from an entitled generation. Gen X was probably the last generation that was not entitled. After that, I mean, they literally called us the latchkey generation. Because during Gen X, that's when divorces started going up and mothers had to work fathers weren't home because they were divorced and so the kids would have a key around their neck you know, where and they'd go home by themselves after after work after school because their moms were working and they'd have they were home alone they'd have to do their homework or whatever you know uh and then after that during that you know the millennial generation and then the gen z and then at this one, this generation coming up is probably going to be even worse because you have a lot of propaganda that's being shoved into these kids' heads. So I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. But I do see that there are some young men and young women that do understand that without the fans, they wouldn't they wouldn't be there. Uh, and I'll give props where props to do. I mean, Nathan Spear at the New York Pro, after we were done, after he was done, I'm sorry. And he was disappointed. He didn't do as well as he wanted to. But... He was there talking to people, shaking hands, taking pictures, signing autographs, blah, blah, blah. And he told me, he goes, uh, I was hanging out with him bullshit. And he's like, listen, I got to get back to the to the people. I said, no problem, man. Do what you got to do. And so, you know, I, I kind of respected him for that. But, you know, I could see how the large majority of these guys, and, you know, and, and social media doesn't help. You know what I mean? When you have, when you, <clears throat> if you, if you know, if you have, you know, a half a million followers and you have, you know, you know, 5,000 likes and comments on every post you put and DMs, well, that can get to your head, right? It's like putting gasoline on the fire. You have an entitled generation, put social media on top of it. That's like putting gasoline on the fire, you know? And, um, you know, their attitude becomes, you want me, so you have to wait for me. I'm the one that is in that is in demand here, you know. Um, so that's that is probably my best answer for that. Um, I think I have one last question, and then that's it. So this question is from my mother. 
She says, how did I get to be the most handsome boy in New Jersey? Thanks, mom. Remember, like and subscribe. My mother even watches. Jesus Christ.